welcome to Road to Billions podcast, the mentality of an entrepreneur, with your host, Moise Bertrand. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is your host, Moise Bertrand, Road to Billions podcast. It's been an amazing journey, you guys. Um, it's been an amazing journey. That's all I can say, really. For those who want to get into real estate, for those who've been looking for the questions, who's been looking for the answers, you know, I'm just going to give this podcast simply, this episode simply dedicated to this real estate, you know, about the two ways to get it, to get into it, the fastest and most efficient way. Um, these are not going to be careers, but obviously these are going to be the mindset of out, thinking outside the box. You know, I'm a person who, I'm a hustler. I like to think outside the box. I don't like to think like the other people thinking, and that's not an insult. I just like to think what others try not to think of or others never thought of thinking about. And there is no no in this game. You get me? There's called bending the rules. There's called creative thinking. There's called um, team organization. But at the end of the day, there's no rule to get specifically anywhere in life. That's You could do it one way. You could do it other. There's just a path that most people have, and that's called a career. And that's called school and stuff like that that paves that path for you. But when you're doing things outside of school, when you're doing things outside of regular education that doesn't have, you know, organization that you have to create your own organization for, that you have to create your own schedule for, then you start getting to critical thinking, which is pretty much entrepreneurship. And then you're also going to think about that same thing like real estate because every deal could be done. Just how you do it, that's the real question. So pretty much, you guys, the two parts to this um, episode, I'm going to give you guys the first, which is how to fund your real estate deal. And the second part is how to find these off-market deals. So pretty much with the first, um, how to fund your real estate deal, I like, to, I like to tell people, think about two certain things. You get me? Think about what could go right and what could go even better. I don't like to think about what could go wrong in any situation. So in the first, in the first scenario with the how to fund your own real estate deal, I have a terminology that I call group economics that everybody uses pretty much. It's economics, but it's group. It's pretty much a group, like it sounds, that put their money together, that creates a pool, a fund, that go ahead and buys assets or invest in investments. Now, these investments obviously are going to be cash on cash return on people's money. So when I tell people what's going to be your best bet, what's going to be your most stable, what's going to be your more um, stabilized return, I say real estate because you could kind of control the market rent a little bit. You could control um, how much you actually have the house being worth for if you do the right things if you do the right um, steps and if you do, do, do your due diligence, you make a lot of money um, just based off that. So first and foremost, you guys, when you're going to go ahead and buy this deal and stuff like that, you have to understand where you're going to get the money from. You know, having a house on the contract, it sounds cool. Saying you have a closing date, it sounds cool. But there's nothing more eager than making sure you have that capital ready, set aside. Because you're going to have many deals that may come across you that are going to make you a shit ton of money, but you can't even get into it because you don't have the money. And there's nothing wrong with that because we all have to start from somewhere. So that's why I'm opening your guys' mind um, to this other option. Because not everybody has 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 grand, 100 grand sitting laying around. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say everybody has that type of money. But for those who have a little bit of change put aside, like five grand, you can still make this deal happen for you. You can still make this happen. So you just got to listen to me very closely. So when you're finding a house, right, you want to go to a lender, a hard money lender. Why would you go to a hard money lender first to go find a house, to go buy this house, to go buy this house, to fund this deal? 
So let's just say before you even get to this hard money lender, you got to figure out what are you going to do? What's your business plan? Are you going to buy this house by yourself if you have enough money for it? Are you going to renovate it yourself? Are you going to do the whole thing? I would not say do the whole thing. If you have that type of money, cool. But I like to mitigate risk. I like to just, you know, individually, you know, spread the risk around. So I would just do if I had five grand, I would go ahead and go get in touch with someone who I know has five grand as well. Let them know about the um, situation. Try to get them to convince somebody to bring in five grand as well. And if I could just do my due diligence a little bit more, I probably could bring in two more people that's going to bring in around 20 grand. So now, listen, guys, we have four people who's going to put in five grand each. We have $20,000 sitting in the bank account. You know, obviously, we wanted to just go ahead and do the thing, which is open up LLC right after. But collectively, we all have 20 grand. You get me? I'm not going to go into the details about setting up LLC, all that. That's too much. But you guys have 20 grand, boom. So the 20 grand is sitting there. Now you guys have to fi- find out how you guys are going to pay for the rest of the loan, which is obviously the purchase price. So you go to a hard money lender. And a hard money lender is someone I say go to because if you're doing a fixer-upper, which I do, you pretty much want to get a hard money lender because they help investors flip their money. They're essentially someone who's going to take a bet on the risk of their property based off what you're doing, based off what it's going to be worth, and based off the numbers that you're providing to them. So how much you're, you're buying it for, what's the scope of work, how much work are you putting into it, what are you going to be doing to the house, and what's the comparable, how much is going to be worth after, what are the other properties in the area worth. So once the lenders see these three things check off their list, they will be more than happy to help you and obviously create some terms with you, a year loan, two years loan, depending on the interest rate that they're offering at the time, and also your credit score. But the fact of the matter is, once you have the money and once you have the lender, you're good to go for the deal. You got me? You're good to go for the deal because out the four people, one of you guys have to have at least good credit because I see so many deals fall through when everybody has the capital, but not everybody has the um, credit, but everybody has the credit. And when it came down to the capital, everybody was kind of a little bit more timid to put their money in because credit wasn't really a big of an issue. It was the capital. So everybody has to be on the same page when you're going into these deals, first and foremost, because I don't want to get to a closing table and now everything's getting bad. You get me? Next on the list. Um, so you got the hard money, you got the you got the money in the account. The hard money lender is the person who's obviously the lender who's going to give you the money, who's going to fund the deal. They're going to ask to see the money in your account. You get me? Show them the money in the account. Boom. They may ask for you to put down 15% or 20% of the purchase price. I don't know. Some people ask for 10%. It depends on your lender, to be honest. Um, so when you have these type of people on your team, you want to move fast as well because on the next deal you guys hopefully do, they will give you more grace on the deal. So... When you have these um, properties, obviously, under contract and you finally got it, you find you finally have the money, you finally have the hard money lender, you will initially be having the property already before you um, you contact the lender. But I'm just telling you guys the things to have in a row and your ducks in order. You want to have a lender because you don't want to have a property under contract and last minute try to find a lender. But if you know you're about to find a property in the next two, three weeks, you speak to a lender. You get them to know, hey, listen, I have this money in my account. I want a pre-qualification letter, you know. So when you go buy these properties, you're already already set in stone. If you want a qualification, qualification, sorry, you guys, qualification um, letter for like 120 grand, so you can be able to buy a property that's worth 120. You'll be able to have that letter ahead of time, so you don't have to really give a call and all that other bullshit. You feel me? It's a lot of back and forth. Um, so that's that. So everybody's on the same page. Everybody know we already found this property. We're gonna have this as a fund. Everybody's gonna be paid. Month, monthly, quarterly, um, every two months, you know, and how how people want to get paid, that's spoken that's spoken into the group itself. 
You get me? So when everybody literally has their money in the group, everybody has the the business plan about how they're going to get their money back. Plus, then you fully funded your first deal. But you got to understand, you still didn't take care of the rehab, which is another problem. But you guys technically, quote unquote, have the money for the, deal, the down payment. I would recommend if you're going into a deal and you know you don't have nobody who's overseeing the project, which you like a mentor, and you guys are just doing this off the face of, you know, just fuck it, you know, I would just recommend don't go over no 20 grand on the rehab and be sure to have, I, I wouldn't even tell you go do no damn house by yourself if you don't got nobody overseeing your rehab for you because I don't want you guys to get got and I don't want you guys to be finessed into paying over what something is costing. Um, essentially, the reason I say that is because I just don't want you guys to come out of pocket more for something you guys don't have the money for, or I don't want you guys to have not have a plan B. So when you're setting up this game plan, you guys, make sure you have enough for the rehab. You talked about the rehab. If you guys are going to use business credit, I didn't really touch I didn't really touch about these details, you can, obviously, because this is something that's going to go more into depth. Join my class, learn more about it. But use business credit, bro. Like, use business credit just to get yourself ahead. And at that point, you don't really got to worry about the rehab costs. And there's other ways you could be able to get this rehab done. So um, just think critically, you guys. I'm just giving you guys the bit of gems that obviously are here for you to listen. But, you know, if you really want to get into this, you got to come into the real estate class. But group economics, putting money together collectively in order to fund the deal, in order to get the deal moving. So how are you going to find these properties? You got your lender lined up just in case you're about to, you know, close on the house in the next few weeks or month. And then you got the money in the account, so you don't really got to worry about scrambling around for the money. If you got to put money down for the earnest, you got money in the account already. Cool. That goes towards your purchase price anyway, so it ain't like you spending extra or nothing like that. You ain't spending extra. You ain't spending no less. You got your, you got your money going directly to the title agency, which is holding the title of that of the house. So when you go and find these realtors, when you go and find these wholesalers, you're going to find these people at networking events related to real estate. You get me? Realtors are going to constantly find you deals. And I like to look for off-market deals, specifically because you won't have any competition. It won't be no crazy overhead as far as, okay, cool, you got to, you just offered 80, now you got to offer 85 because somebody offered 80, 83 or 84. You get me? So you don't over have to overestimate yourself and overbid yourself because now you're not, you're not in no competition. The only thing you're in competition with is time at that point because if you're moving slow, People end up, you know, reneging on their selling offer and then they might just keep it a little longer or, you know, sell it to somebody else based on how you're moving. But your realtors are going to be a best bet because they're obviously in speaks. They're obviously in talks with sales. Um, they're obviously in talks with lawyers all day. They may come across a deal that a family that they previously bought a house for is selling now. They may know someone who knows somebody who's trying to sell a house. They come across people all the time who want to sell their houses. So you initially want to just get yourself into the room with these people um, and that create like something that's going to create that, that vibe, you know, the vibe that this realtor is going to send you these deals because you're going to close. You're going to be able to talk to these people and let them know your budget. You're going to be able to give these people your, your overseeing. You're going to give these people your plan. You know, I want to buy fixer uppers that have a great ARV. You know, I'm, I'm going to buy, you know, under a hundred or under 80, whatever the price is. And I'm going to put this amount of work in. I want to refinance. And they're going to be like, okay, cool. I see what you're doing. But people are like, oh, I don't know what you, I don't know what you think. And then they like, Lynch, you're like, oh, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. So they might eat off you or they might just not even pay attention to you much. So you got to understand, communicate your goals clearly to these realtors because they're only here to help you. And they won't be able to help you if they don't have no 
know, really justifiable ways to help you. You get me? It's like that's your person who's going to be your representative, your, your liaison. You get me? You don't have to 24-7 speak to the seller or the realtor. It's just a lot. So be that person's ear and be that person's mind for them because whatever they say, you have to listen to it and you have to make sure they hear it. You know, you, you told them, I'm not trying to do this and this and that, but they're still trying to bring you out your comfort zone. Tell them you can look at it, but this is still not your plan. You're not trying to, you're not trying to freaking buy no mobile homes because that's not your plan. Once you start doing things that's not in your plan, it starts fucking up. Don't let nobody convince you. Stick the course even though it's taking a little longer. That's what I'm telling you guys. Speak to multiple realtors, not just one. I'm talking about 10, 15. Tell them, hey, listen, your same plan. What's going to happen is you're going to ask them to add you to their email subscriber list for investors. When they add you to these lists, you guys, they're going to be sending you deals constantly. It's up to you to run the numbers. It's up to you to look at the deal. It's up to you to look at the, the tax assessor website. You have to do everything, you guys. So the realtor is just only there presenting that to you. They're not going to be sitting there doing a showing 24-7, five times a week for you, only because you want to go right back because you, you missed a step. No, they're not going to keep doing that. They're going to be like, listen, you go go check out the house. You check out the plumbing. You check out the HVAC. You check out the, the electricity. You check out the roof. You check everything out. You let me know what happens. If you got to come back, we could double we could double it back. But the fourth, fifth time, you ain't buying for real because you're not understanding what you're doing, let alone the third time. So understand, like, you have to be on their time and they have to really be on your time. You get me? So it's like a it's like a balance because a realtor could initially make your deal fall through if they feel like you're not really going to purchase the property. You get me? If, you're, if your timing is slow, if your response is slow, if you're indecisive, they can smell that. They can sense that. And they don't really want to waste time because that's their livelihood. And at the same time, you don't want a realtor to feel like you're not buying property just because you're not too knowledgeable about it because you're making a big investment. So when I say they have to be on your time, you have to understand they're making money off you. You get me? But also, they could cause a good deal to go to waste if you don't move your feet. So you have to do your due diligence. You have to have somebody there watching over the deal a second time, running through your partners, running through everybody. Once everybody makes that collective agreement, now everybody's all in. Once the realtor feels like you're all in, they can proceed next to, like, you know, give you the, the contract to put the offer in, et cetera, et cetera, keep presenting you more deals because they feel more trustworthy with you. When I close with realtors, they feel a lot good because they're understanding that, the only thing that they're getting out of me is money. You get me? So somebody who's going to get money out of me, they're going to work 10 times harder for you because they have you're valuable to them. You know, it's when you're kind of nitpicking every little thing, that's when they'd be like, man, listen, this is my livelihood. So don't give them a hard time. Wholesalers, you guys, it's well off-market deals, like I mentioned. This is, is the specific term you guys want to use and ask people and realtors. They'll know what you mean off-market deals because you don't want anything that's not on the market. You don't want anything that's on the market because that's going to cause havoc and all that negotiation, bidding war and all that crap. And I like to keep it simple. If it's for me, it's going to find me. If it's not, it's going to bypass me. It's simple. I don't want to fight for a deal that 30 other dudes are fighting for. I may come across a deal that I may just have to fight for that. But if if it's worth my time, yeah, if it's worth my time. But if it's not worth my time, then there's no, there's no point for me to just go ahead and just like try to bid, 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 bid. And I only got 20 bands in the account. And when it's time to close, we need 27, you know? So I just completely blew a whole deal. I lost the earnest and everything is just going to turn haywire because now you're seven grand down and everybody was, in, was under the impression of putting this amount of money in. But if everybody's cool with that, putting another 2,500 in, that's cool. You know, 1,500, that's cool because that's going to add up to that seven because it's four of you guys. You get me? But that's additional money that could have been going to the rehab. You get me? So 
stay within your comfort zone, stay within your means of budget price and everything like that. Wholesalers, they could find you a deal that is going to be very much tremendously cash flow and positive, but the rehab may be crazy, but the purchase price may be really low. That, again, could be a great deal depending on if you find somebody who do it for a reasonable price on the rehab because, like I said, business credit could take advantage. You could take advantage of these things for the rehab process, for the purchase, for the, um, for the prices of materials. Make sure you take a little bit of leeway off your shoulders so you don't have to come out of pocket for every um, chunk of change or dime. Also, when you have these wholesalers, when you have these realtors, you know, sending you these deals, be sure, you guys, to make sure you see how much the house is being sold for because they might just be assigning it to you, which isn't a problem. They did their work. They, they did due diligence. They all, you told to pay those people. You feel me? Don't be mad because they probably made 10 grand on you on top of a sign fee. It's not a problem. It's real estate. You're going to make that money back anyways. You got a property. You get an asset. You get me? Their job is to find you. Their job is to, to get these things on the contract. When they give you guys these houses on the contract, if it's not too crazy of a price, pay those folks their assignment fee. You get me? If they're if they had it on a contract for 68, they're selling for you for 77, 79, that's cool. Some people might be like, you're making 11 grand on me. So the house is gonna be worth 160, 170. You get me when you put down on a 79, you're gonna have what 65 to owe. And then when you fix it up, come on, bro. Like the the as a wholesaler that I am, that I do as well, and I'm an investor, I kind of run the numbers by people before I even sell them a house. You get me? Because I don't want people to feel like I'm getting too much money off them or, or or if I'm making a killing over their head. No, bro, like I'm making a decent living off the money and I already did the numbers with you and I'm helping you. You know, I'm walking you through the process. This is why this is going to be worth 160. The house down the street is worth 175. And this house is worth 195 and this house is worth 150. Now they collectively use the range. You could kind of see that 160 is more suitable for that house. You get me? So once you start walking through the people through the process of saying, this house is going to be worth 160. You could rent it out for 14, 1700 per month. You know, it's a four, two, it's a four, one's a four, whatever it is, like three, two. You could rent it out for this amount of money per month. You give the person the exit plan. If you don't want to do it, we'll go just fix it up and sell it. It doesn't matter. You know, at that point, you have something that's tangible. You could go look at it every day. You could touch it. You feel me? You could knock on the door, everything. You get me? So I'm just telling you guys at the end of the day, Think logically. Think about what's going on because everybody has to make money. You give me the lender's going to make money. I told you guys off the last, last episode, listen how many people are going to make money off you before you even make money. The lender, the appraiser, the GC, the inspector, the freaking um, the realtor. Everybody's going to make money off you before you even touch a dime of your own money, before you even make a, like a bit, bit of change back. You give me so you might as well pay people who are going to take care the the hard, hard work in, in the front of the deal, the wholesalers, the realtors. Pay them because... The more you pay people, the more people are, quote, unquote, attracted to you. They like you more. It's, it's life. You get me? It's like if you're not doing nothing for anybody, why? Why would they hang with you? Why would they value your opinion? Why would they do anything for you? You get me at that point in time. You should always look to help people, and people should always look to help you. And that's the law of mutual exchange of real estate. So once again, you guys, listen to the other episodes about lucrative inve- lucrative ways to get into real estate, about becoming an inspector, appraisals, um, and listen to the other episodes as well just about moving forward in life and everything, you guys. So um, once again, I appreciate you guys for listening to Roll the Billings podcast. It's been an amazing journey. For those who've been giving me great feedback, once again, I appreciate you guys. If you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me at Billionaire underscore Moist. Um, And at the end of the day, you guys, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you once again.